Welcome to episode 8, Drinks with Mate of Story Mode, a video game podcast brought to you by Fan Critical. I'm your host, Jesse Munner, and I'm joined today by Keelan Simpson. Hello, Jesse and Simon. And in the blue corner, Keelan's already announced it. Now my, yeah, my the, whole the surprise is ruined. Is ruined. ruined Simon Evans is here. <laughs> it's all happening. It's, it's, it's a wild times. We're still in lockdown. I mean, we're going to be saying that for the next few fucking weeks, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, think, I think it'll be more exciting when we go, hey, we're not in lockdown anymore. Woo. We're still at home playing video games, though. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, like that. Things haven't changed. They've never hey, changed. I've got yeah. the whole week off. And I'm just going to play. I'm I'm going to finish Doom. I'm going to get you know get to the credits in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I keep going to call it Animal Farm because we we're talking about Demon Farm from Doom before. But anyway, I'm going to start The Last of Us again. It's all happening. It's all a choice. Mm. I may even I'm I'm thinking about trying Bloodborne again. Bloodborne is a game that just it didn't sit with me right the first time I played it. You just bounced I couldn't off get, it. I couldn't get into it. Just bounced off it. But I'm like, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this game. I think mm. it could be one of those games where it, it is me. It's not it. It's me. So I'm gonna give it another go, and we'll see where we stand. I'll give I'll give everyone an update next week. See how I go. Please let me know. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear more about Bloodborne. I've heard so many good things. I've heard it changes it changes people's <laughs> lives. It inspires mm. them to be better human beings. Ooh, we could all use yeah, that. Okay. I, I, I Look, I'm I'm almost perfect, so <laughs> <laughs> you're, pretty, you're as close. If you lived in Melbourne, that's the full package. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not moving, you know, across the country. Mm. Well, why not? Because my cat will get grumpy at me for not being at home. Yeah, Simon, so. you need to do it. You need to follow the Call of Duty. Speaking of Call of Duty, Keelan. Whoa. Blick. <laughs> that, that, that was not slick. That was you plucked that one out of thin air. I said putting a square before, peg in a round hole. I hammered that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it anyway. It worked, guys. So uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but recently, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2's campaign was remastered and released on PS4. Interesting. Um, it's a game from 2009, I believe. Something Quite a while like ago. That, yeah. um, but, then, yep. I mean, it doesn't really strike me as like the cult classic that would ordinarily be remastered. I'd like to compare and contrast that to another rumor that's come out recently um, about Resident Evil 4 possibly being remastered. Mm. How amazing is that going to be? You see the reaction, the difference between the two. There. It, it really, it's really strange you bring this up because it's a really good comparison. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 getting remastered, whatever. Um, I love Call of Duty 4. Well, yeah, just yeah. 4. Yeah, that was Modern brilliant. Uh, that was just the Modern Warfare, wasn't it? Yeah. They didn't, mm-hmm. They're not remastering uh, World at War, are they? Not that I've heard. Not, not I yet. Actually, I actually didn't mind that one, but that's, I fell off around then. But I know Modern Warfare 2 is considered the best one by most people. Um, yeah, as someone who was... Sort of, who was a teenager around that time, and obviously that ended up being the main player demographic. Mm. Um, yeah, like that was, I think that was the one that had probably the most sort of impact. I never got fully invested into Modern Warfare 2. The only one I've really sort of stuck with is Black Ops. Black Ops 1, not 2, not 3, none of that extra bullshit. Mm-hmm. Black Ops 1, I think, was the best one. But yeah, Modern Warfare Two, I think, is where the multiplayer became as iconic. As Which is that's yes. why. 
It's Ironic. bizarre because this remaster is just a single player. It's only the campaign. I've got yeah. to say, though, out of the three Modern Warfare games, it is my favorite campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, I've played Agreed. through all three it's of them. It's a great campaign. Mm. It, I think it's my absolute favorite one. And admittedly, part of it is because my favorite character is Gaz. And yes, that is a mild bias. <laughs> because <Love that>. <laughs> because <laughs> he's rigged. Yeah. This is why well, you like Final Fantasy because Jesse's in it. Hey. Maybe. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> Agreed, though. Keelan, get into a game. Get it's good. A, it's, a, it's a great campaign. Um, and I spent a lot of time playing Modern Warfare 2 uh, multiplayer. Mm. Um, really weird that they chose for this to be a PS4 exclusive. Um, the, yeah, other platforms, the other platforms are launching on the 30th of April. So it's like a month that it's exclusive I don't understand doing a timed exclusive for a remaster of a game. Like, people have played it. Yeah, it's, it's there. Exactly. It, it seems a bit bizarre, but it, it's funny. Yeah, you mentioned both this and Resident Evil Four, and my reaction to both of those is completely different. However, it's essentially the same thing. They are remastering a game that didn't come out that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, yeah, yeah, sure, cool. If people want to play it, get onto it, have fun. I guess, you know, there is a difference. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is remastered where we're expecting the Resident Evil to be more along the lines of a remake the way Resident Evil 2 That's remake two and, and 3 remake um, were. So, you know, you can you can get Resident Evil 4 on every console right now. Yeah, as you well, should, because it is a staple of gaming as a whole. It is close to perfection, that game. Yeah, so I'm expecting something completely different for the remake. Yeah, well, that's, I guess, sort of my, my reaction to the news wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, cool. It was more like a, already? Because, yeah, it, as you it said, it, it's available quick. on basically everything already anyway. And, I mean, look, they keep rehashing it because it prints money, so why not? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I played Resident Evil on the Wii for, I think, maybe about four hours and really enjoyed it and of course the the shooting controls were actually pretty good because we remote point shoot easy um but yeah i don't know i i I don't feel quite as excited about this one i don't feel it's as necessary it's not necessary but being able to play this on the ps5 because it'll come out on ps5 Mm. um is very is a tantalizing prospect Mm. Um, and I get to beat the shit out of that little prince kid. You know, when you were in the castle in um, Resident Evil 4 and I had that little kid. He's like the prince and he turns into a whole thing. I don't know what his oh, name yeah. is. I hate yeah. him. I thought I beat the shit out of him. Just, oh, what a jerk. And be able to get your head cut off um, with a chainsaw with uh, that, high, that high fatality graphics. Mm. Mm. Gory. There was always the screenshot that was shared about Resident Evil 4. Like, every single fucking magazine I read... Had the same always one? ...always had that same one, where... Ah. Yeah, Leon's, like, trying ah, to grab at chainsaw. the chainsaw as it's going into his neck and there's blood squirt and everything. That was always I know the, the screenshot. I know the exact one you're talking about. I can't. I've used it before. <laughs> like, back when I used to write, I, I used it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first thing that comes up when you do a Google search, like in images. Mm. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, um, on from the old game, but into the new games, Simon, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, uh, so exciting news is that Cyberpunk, uh, the DLC and story expansions, 
will be announced before the game's release, which I think is quite nice. And mm-hmm. we can also, uh, we've been told to expect no less than The Witcher 3, which now, is huge. With, with The Witcher 3, for context here, The Witcher 3 had two full expansions. It had uh, Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone or Heart of Stone or some sort of mineral heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and which were huge. They were games within themselves. They were massive. And then mm-hmm. there were 16 smaller DLC updates. So this is a lot of content coming from, into Cyberpunk. From memory, it was something like 40 plus hours of gameplay. The second expansion Fuck. for Witcher Duck. 3 added an entire new like continent for you, you to explore. It was incredible. So yeah. much depth to it. The um, Switch versions include all of that, don't they? Yep. Yes. It has everything. Interesting. I never played the DLC. I heard nothing but good things, and so maybe I'm going to play it on Switch. And also, just to sort of add to that, they recently introduced a feature where you can copy your save file from your Switch back to Steam oh, and damn. vice versa. So mm-hmm. you can play a bit of Witch 3 on, on the train, and then you get home, and then you pop your Switch in, do the transfer, and hey, look, I'm playing Witcher 3 on my PC again. I've been using that Perfect. a great deal, because I'm playing through The Witcher 3 again on Switch mm-hmm. and PC, and it is uh, glorious. Oh, you can man, do that so maybe with, I'll um, play on PC. You can also do that with Divinity 2, by the way. I think those are currently the only two games which have that feature. Another highly regarded game, I think. Very. Also, it's, I think it's currently 30% off on the Nintendo eShop. Hey. I saw the news about that. Oh, so Simon, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> I know, oh. right? <laughs> These Easter Go buy stuff. Um, so <laughs> this is so following the same roadmap. 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 Wow, that's an easy <laughs> thing to say that I got wrong. Um, of The Witcher Three, which announced its DLC about three months ahead of its release, um, back in what twenty, whatever it was, twenty seventeen. The Witcher Three come out. Uh, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, I'm it announced it a few real. months beforehand, which I, I love. Um, Simon, you were bringing up before that a lot of games will sell a season pass without telling you exactly what the roadmap is. Yeah, I um, mean, you take predict- Borderlands oh, hope- 3 as an example. Yeah. You know, I mean, because the thing is, obviously, a, a lot of game companies will make their money from selling season passes for DLC that literally doesn't even exist yet, or they haven't even got planned. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of pre-ordering season passes. I've done it before. Um, I did it with Breath of the Wild. Obviously, wasn't disappointed there, but yeah, I mean, like you, the other thing as well is that occasionally game companies would be like, "Oh, that DLC, that brand new DLC, isn't included because it's a new season." Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Borderlands Two was the first to do that with the Mechromancer, and people were. Pooh. So what you're saying is they they really fuck up DLC Borderlands, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, pretty much. I've, I've heard. I've, I've heard. They but I mean, up a lot. Cyberpunk is going to be a sick game. I think we can all safely say that this looks amazing. So having more, having you know, a possible forty hours plus added onto this game, it's going to be nothing. But it's nothing but a good thing. What I'm um, interested yeah. in, Jesse and Simon. So The Witcher Three launched with those sixteen pieces of free DLC. You didn't have to pay a cent for them. Is it going to be split up similarly for Cyberpunk? Is it also going to be like a whole bunch of free quests and costumes and, and I moves think it'll be free. and stuff? I, That'll I be would free, and then so. we pay for these big expansions uh, for yeah. the track, like one year down the, the <clears> life of the <throat> game. I think that comes down to the mentality of the actual of, of CD Projekt Red. I think if they've done that with The Witcher Three, and they were happy to be like, "You've bought the game. Here's some content. Go nuts." I I don't see that changing. Yeah, and the the thing with like CD Projekt is they are very good at keeping people engaged. 
during, mm. you know, uh, I think they actually recently announced that um, Cyberpunk 2077 is in a finished state. Mm-hmm. They're basically yep. wrapped up with development. So probably only a few like bug fixes and shit which, left to go, which is quite good. Awesome. They're all working from home now. The yeah. whole crew is working from home and they said, yep, they're not running into any issues doing this. Uh, it sounds like they're just adding more and more polish. Yeah, which, I mean, for a game of this size and this, almost like a legacy, um, you know, this is going to be great. And so I think probably now they're going to be focusing on what do they want from the DLC and when do they want it out. Yeah. So um, they've got the well, time I mean, to think about that. We'll definitely speak more about Cyberpunk um, as it comes closer to its release. I think we'll do a preview and a review. And fuck, we're going to talk about this game a lot. It comes yeah. out in uh, September 17th. Um, but speaking of futuristic, was that a good segue? We'll find mm. out. Mm. Sony have unveiled the new uh, DualShock controller, which is now known as the Dual Sense controller for the PS5. Uh, have you guys seen this? It's I, I, I love it. Oh, yes. Um, it's a bit of a departure from the controllers we've seen in the past. Uh, it has a, a two-toned look. It's white and black. We're, we're used to just the standard black controllers from... Um, uh, Sony, when, when consoles first come out, they obviously have different skins and stuff going down the track. Um, but it's not just that. They've got clear face buttons now, which I love because we all know what the colors are. It doesn't really matter. They're clear now. The light bar has been moved from the top of the controller to the front, which make it, makes it a little bit bulkier. It almost looks a little bit more like the Xbox controller, which most people will say is the more comfortable controller. Um, plus, it has a bunch of new features. It's got a built-in microphone. Um, A create button has replaced the share button. So I'm not quite sure what the create button will do, but if that allows us like some more photo editing and stuff like that. I'm a a big fan of photo mode. So it allows you to basically use photo mode on any game and tweak it. Mm. Happy with that. Um, The thing that's really been spoken about is the haptic feedback of the controller, which is basically the the rumble, Mm -hmm. the shock in dual shock. Um, They've upped how sensitive it becomes. So basically, you can feel the difference between, say, driving over a bumpy road, and if your character is swimming through a lake, it will feel different. Kind of like the Joy Cons. You know, Joy Cons yeah, have really, just... really good haptic feedback. Oh, the the I, I feel like Rumble was something like companies just sort of ignored for years, yeah. like from the yeah. N sixty four all the way up to you know the. PS3. You remember PS4. the PS3? They decided that they just weren't going to have it in yeah, there. Because they, yeah. they had the six axis. How else would we play um, Lair <laughs> and other games that used it? Remember six axis, everyone? You can't even <laughs> Remember list- spending $1,000 on the PS3 when it first came out and then <laughs> playing Lair with six axis? <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> I like that how you is, can't that list another game card. that used the the six. Oh, axis. That, there was Lair. There was um, Warhawk. I want to say was that the game where you can pl- you fly in a little jet and it turns into a tank, but you would play as a tank because you didn't have to use the six axis. And there was another game which was a fantasy game, and I'm I, I'm racking my brain to try and work out what it is. I've been trying to work out what this game was for a while. It's a fantasy game. You go through a forest and you fight all these creatures, and you have to pull like their soul out. And to, to do it, you would whip the controller back to, like, get that final, like, tug. It was, like, fishing. Can't remember what it was I, feel, I feel like Heavenly Sword also had uh, movements in its quick-time events. Heavenly Sword needs a sequel. Yeah, I agree. Heavenly Sword is one of the most underrated games. Oh, I've wait, what about Heavy before. Rain? Would Heavy Rain have used it? No, we don't talk about Quantic Dream. <laughs> 
cut that. Um, well, actually, speaking of, this controller does look like um, it came out of Detroit. Right? It has the it same be, aesthetic. Yeah. The the white, like the very um, kind of robotic colors, the grays, the white, black. Yeah, clean With lines. the striking blue light. The, the clear the clear buttons, the clean lines of it. I I, I think it's been compared to, um what's the Android in? Connor, isn't it? Connor. Yeah, it looks like Connor. Which I'm cool with. Um, I would like a Detroit custom controller. I've also um, seen memes comparing it to the Avengers costume in Endgame, the white outfit. Oh, the time travel outfit. Yeah, I kind of yeah, like yeah. that though. So I don't mind that. Yeah. yeah. Um, something else I'm really excited about with the controller is they've improved the triggers, the L2 and the R2 buttons. So they're now adaptive triggers, which means they'll push back on you when you use them. Um, that basically means that. Like if you pull like a bow, a bow string on a bow and arrow, you'll feel that tension build up. Oh, so and it's going to feel different. Yeah, there's resistance mm. to it. And that's going to feel different to like simply pulling a trigger on a gun or pressing a button or driving and stuff like that. Resistance. I, I'm a big Fall of Man. Fall of Man. Remake <laughs> confirmed. Oh, don't, don't do this to me. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. I'll talk about the exploits of uh, Nathan Hale uh, in great detail in his fight against the Chimera taking over Europe. You see, World War Two didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Another, going back to the triggers, though, um, because the one of the biggest complaints that I've seen, which oddly enough is one that I can understand, is like, ah, oh, they've kept like the same sort of size and shape as the triggers on the PS4 controller, which means that it's just the right size that when you put the controller down after setting up your movie, you're going to skip to the next scene by accident. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they have readjusted the... Um, the actual angle of the handle, so it could be a little bit flatter. So, could be, could maybe because yeah, it does look the shape does look a little bit different. It's not just bulkier, um, but man, I hope that doesn't happen because I, I had that happen literally this morning. <laughs> I, I watched Brightburn. I, I think that's like the biggest complaint that I've gone. Yeah, okay, that's a valid point. I think everything else people are just complaining because it's new. Well, I, I like this look. Like I'm not. A big fan of the PS4 controller at all. I don't care for it. It's not bad. It's not a bad controller by any measure. I just kind of don't really give a shit. Um, but what I find interesting is people complaining. It's like, oh, but the two colours. But I'm actually just looking at my uh, my Smash Bros. Special Edition Pro controller, and I'm like, oh, hang on a second. This is two colours as well. With yeah, like- you know the white handles and the black body, and people are, like, oh yeah, but I like to eat Cheetos with my games and put cheetos all over my controllers first off don't do that wash your hands it's disgusting should be washing your hands anyway we're all gonna get I sick mean, absolutely mm. but also nobody wants to you know if you, you've got a mate that comes around nobody wants to touch your greasy cheeto controller i can yeah. tell you that now pick a different food i like to eat, have cheese and crackers when i play games okay and well, i put my little pinky thing motherfucker do you take my some little... wine with it as well um, please tell me you do of course i do excellent of course i do you think <laughs> i'm playing video games sober sir never gonna happen um, I mean, especially well, I if you bought it, a PS3 for $1,000 back in the day, you're going to have to Fuck really off. <laughs> and then it broke as well. I had uh, you know, the issue where... Um, I think I've spoken about this before. Yeah, the yeah. issue where yeah, it froze up and I was playing Uncharted 2 multiplayer and I lost my Eskimo Joe CD in there. So, you know, that's a tale for another day. I'm going to have another drink. I'm very upset. <laughs> Old war wounds coming back up. I think one of the reasons people are beating up on it is Sony was already on the back foot because of that sort of lackluster tech presentation that a few weeks back with Mike Cerny. Mm. Mm. Um, 
they're already on the back foot because a lot of people didn't look into the actual detail of it. They looked at just the presentation itself and it was um, like Keelan mentioned in that episode, it wasn't meant really for, you know, the public. That was meant to be at, uh, what was it meant to be at? GDC. GDC. So they're in a bit of a weird position where it's kind of cool to beat up on Sony and again, people are just looking at the basics of the uh, the power comparison, the teraflops. And they're like, oh, you know, Sony's already lost the next-gen competition. Blah, blah, blah. Let's beat up on them. Fuck off. I like this cool Stormtrooper controller. I like it. It looks yeah. good. It looks yeah. comfortable. What I'm it concerned about, mm. Jesse, battery life. Yeah. we Keelan and I were talking about this just sort of in the pre-show mm. when you went to get your, your drink. Um, cause that's one of my, like, I don't use my PS4 much, but fuck me. I am already sick of having to plug my controller in every, yeah. what feels like 15 minutes. Incredibly frustrating. It's obviously not. I agree. Sure. But it's, it's just constant. I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. I'll just unplug it now, play some more Final Fantasy seven. And then it feels like 15 minutes later. It's like battery level low. Fuck. I, I basically <laughs> play with mine on charge. I have to play with mine on charge constantly now, mm. which is probably damaging the battery. But I guess... The, the flip side of that is Xbox have come out and announced that their new controller, I don't know what changes would be on that, will still run with batteries. And I feel like the ba- like the AA batteries is very archaic and wasteful, yet the, the, dual, the, the DualSense controller is it going to run to that same charging issue. What I want is wireless charging on it. I think the top, the top of the console should be a wireless charging pad. If you want to display it like that, you can just chuck your um, controller on there put into sleep mode and you're going to be good when you play it next. And they also sell a mat. So if you have a coffee table, you pop the map mat there and you place your controller there. I don't understand why that can't happen. But also I want to just bring up on the topic of battery life, bring going back to the switch, the switch pro controller, the battery life lasts like a million years. It's fucking great. Mm. Like it's really, really good battery life. It lasts like, I think positive estimates are around like 80 hours. Depending Jeez. on depending on like game usage. Um and yeah, like I honestly can go upwards of a month without needing to charge my controller if mm-hmm. depending on how much I'm using my Sim- switch, obviously. Similar to me and my Xbox controller, I've got the little battery pack thing. Costs ten bucks. Yeah. To be fair, like how long have you had your PS4, Simon? Uh my PS4, I know, like a year and a bit. Okay, I'm gonna take that back then. I was gonna say maybe just with wear general wear and tear, the batteries, you know, they do wear out. Um I can't remember what the the estimated battery life was when it first got released. But however, if you've only had yours for a year and a half, that's pretty shitty if it's running out that quick. And although there you go. In, in although on the on that note, I guess to sort of defend the PS4, I did buy it secondhand off the of Facebook marketplace. Ooh, so there, you go. there is that the mystery deepens. Well, yeah. there's a reason, Jesse, to have replaceable batteries like you do in the Xbox controller. But what a waste. Like that is we just and batteries are really hard to actually dispose of. Like they don't really get recycled. Yes, so. They're just kind of shitty. So then if you have a crappy controller that holds charge for maybe half an hour before you have to charge it again, what do you do with that? At least with my Xbox, I can replace the battery with either disposable batteries or um, rechargeable ones. In the I reckon if I if I was kit. able to climb into your camera, I could rip your like your mask off, Scooby Doo style, and you're Phil Spencer right now, and you're defending it. <laughs> Milky Spencer, you're back from the back from the dead. <laughs> Milky Spencer, please. <laughs> and you've been scaring the local youth, okay, because you want to build a car park. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You found out my devious plan. <laughs> Actually, you do look really sketchy because. 
like we're recording via Discord, so we can all see each other in our cameras. And Keelan is just a silhouette because of the lighting situation he's got. He looks like he's reporting like on a really like disturbing case on 60 Minutes. <laughs> you need a voice Maybe modulator. Oh shit. Um well, this is gonna be a bit of a bit of a different episode. I'm I'm kicking Simon and uh Keelan kicking him out. Get out of here, boys. Curb. Run free. Uh, for the second half, we have a bit of a guest coming up. So before we get into that, just want to thank you both, uh, Keelan and Simon, for, for joining us, having a good time, having a laugh, um, exposing my slight functional alcoholism. It's all good. It's all good, baby. That wasn't it all us, started man. on the day that you bought the PS3. <laughs> Look, I lined up for that. <laughs> I don't regret anything because you know what I came home and played? Keelan knows what I came home and played. Oh god! Resistance, fall of man, the exploits <laughs> of Nathan Hale. Okay, thanks so much, Jesse and Simon. I'll see you later. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. All right, bye. And uh, for everyone else, stick around. Uh, we have some uh, a special guest coming up. All right, now that we've got Keelan and Simon out of the out of the way, I can talk about something important. AFL. So, Final Fantasy VII remake came out last week, and that's what everyone's talking about. But AFL Evolution 2 is the game this country needs its time of desperation. Okay, this is the shining beacon that will bring us out of this darkness. Um, Now, I think there's only one man that we can speak to about this glorious game, AFL Evolution 2. He's um, one of the brains behind the Jock Reynolds Supercoach community, the long-sleeved Lothario, the mustachioed maestro, Lechdog. How you doing, mate? I'm fantastic, Jesse. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. Anytime, anytime. So, tell us, first of all, tell us about what is Jock Reynolds, so everyone knows what you're about. Jock Reynolds is a website slash podcast about Supercoach Fantasy Footy. It started many, many years ago by three much funnier people, but when they left, (laughs) Patch and myself (laughs) took over and we've adopted some fantastic talent. Uh, we write about footy, we talk about Supercoach, and we generally just have a fun time talking AFL. So that's now, what I've it is in a nutshell. From, from the early days, and I can, I can say that you, Patch, the, the whole crew, are doing a wonderful job. I'm Thank loving you. it. Thank you. And um, you, you, you brought it into the year 2020, the cursed year 2020, with a brilliant thing that you're doing with AFL Evolution 2, but we'll get to that in a moment, or what you're doing with it. Um, Let's just explain the, the context. We have a few people. We have a weird amount of listeners in New Orleans. Don't know what that's about. So we've got some international listeners. Um, hi, New Orleans. Hope you're well. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Cool. Um, some context. AFL, Australian Football League. This is the biggest sport in Australia. And because of COVID-19, the season is, is kaput. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to restart. We've had one round. So people mm. were hungry. They were hungry for sport. They were hungry for AFL. And uh, we've had a slight morsel given to us. <laughs> AFL Evolution 2, the uh, new game. I think that, is that PS4? Is that on PS4 or is it also on the Xbox? Xbox. Uh, um, it's supposed not to drop on PC. On, it's supposed yeah, to drop on Switch and PC at a later date. Oh, we oh, don't know what this, that date is. <laughs> this on the Switch. Fuck me, Dad. I think the um, switch is supposed to drop on the sixteenth, uh, which is in a few days from now. But I just—I mean, this I game was meant see to it. come out last year. 
Yes. It's a sequel to, obviously, AFL Evolution 1, which bizarrely came out in August 2018. Season ends around September. This one was meant to come out after season 2019, then was meant to come out before season 2020, and now has come out, I think, as a knee-jerk reaction to there being no AFL and people wanting it. Um, so this game is made by Wicked Witch, a, a Melbourne-based studio. They're the ones who made uh, AFL Evolution 1. They also made AFL Live and AFL Live 2. Um, a fantastic game, a Age of Empires 2, the Definitive Edition, which blew my mind, and a obviously a game that everyone knows and loves, Shane Warne, King of Spin for iOS. Um, they're behind some of the big ones. This game is is rough, Lek. It's rough. Yep, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Uh, particularly given it's had an extra year to be worked on and it was delayed even this year. And then kind of came out early, but they were like, but we're only shipping. People have already pre-ordered and we're pushing it forward by a week. Oh, now it's two weeks, and but only on some. The game out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like describe it. It just was there one day. I was like, okay, I didn't ask for it, but you know, it was hard to find as well because I was very hard to find everywhere to find it on launch day when it broke street day in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, it's look. I'll just say this from the start before we get break it down. It is a bad game. And I didn't come in with high expectations. <laughs> I'm not comparing it to other sport games. I'm not comparing it to what I had in my head. I'm just comparing it to my experiences with the last game they did, AFL Evolution, and what I thought might have been changed or slightly tweaked in the two to three to four years they've had since. So to before I it- shit on it, there are some good parts about it, but there before I shit parts. on they it... They definitely fixed some stuff from AFL Evolution 1. Because... As much as we're saying AFL Evo 2 is bad, AFL Evo 1 was fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was that game was so fucking broken. You had to play it drunk. And even after one beer, you thought you had, like, a bottle of vodka because, like, surely this isn't happening right now. Surely. Oh, that player glitched through the other one. Or the commentary. I'm going to oh. get Keelan to edit in some of the lines of the commentary just throughout this because the commentary is... And the two songs it had in the soundtrack as well, which were... The free tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we think, I think there's eight tracks in this game. So there, that, there is an improvement in the music. There's an improvement in the general gameplay. There's a lot of improvements across the board. But broadly speaking, I'm going to sadly be negative. Yeah. This game always had a, uh, was always up against it. I mean, it's come out at a time where we have no AFL. So we're like alcoholics drinking Listerine. We, this is all we have. So the microscopes on it, and I think because the AFL is you know such a big organization, but it is just Australia, really. The AFL jumped on, it's like, oh, we have our own game, so we're going to promote the shit out of it. And we're promoting it to people who don't necessarily, they may play a lot of games, but they may not know sort of the logistics behind video game, like how they're made and stuff like that. So I think a lot of punters expected a FIFA level game or an NBA level game. That will never happen. It can't happen. We're too small a market. So having everyone's like laser-focused attention on this game and it being, I mean, a bad game, but a shit game compared to NBA and FIFA, they could never win. Little Wicked Witch in Melbourne, they could never win with this. No, they have a very tough job set out in front of them. But And like I said, I don't want to compare it to other sport games because I don't think that's fair on it, but I would like to compare it 
to other AFL games, and in some ways <laughs> it's a better game. And in a lot of ways, there has been some some steps taken backwards uh, as much as team management, the season mode doesn't function properly, the draft doesn't function properly. Like There's a bunch of stuff, and we could get into it, but that worked in the last game doesn't work in this game. But then I guess if the only thing that matters is the actual gameplay and you actually playing a game of footy, it has improved in that uh, in that part of the game, and that's probably the thing that 90% of people out there are going to care about. I'm one of the 10% that when I buy a sports game, I'm not playing the game really. I'm just there to simulate seasons and manage the players and manage the off-season stuff. Uh, So you're playing the worst part of this game. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. (laughs) Ouch. Now, like you said, this game got delayed a bunch of times. I think one of the reasons behind that is they decided to use Unreal Engine on this which is um, a whole new engine for the AFL games. I think this is, was in reaction to the uh, the negative pushback AFL Evolution 1 got for its graphics, which were... Um, I can't really put into words how bad they were. I'm not. I need like a thesaurus to get into that. Well, but the they current still graphics, didn't look very good. Yeah, the current graphics, you'd look at it and go, oh, that looks pretty good for like... A- PS3 game. Um, you were saying Xbox that until you saw the game? fucking eyes staring well, at you. yes. The eyes, yes. I've never seen such dead eyes. It, 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 they are terrifying. They look like some poor kid who's been working a 14-hour shift at Macca's just staring through you. These people are dead on the inside. Um, which is one of the things that people are definitely reacting to online. They, they're not happy with it. No. I think in the first game, AFL Evolution... Uh, where they, um, how do you say it? It didn't look like things had finished rendering when you were playing the game, but that's just what it looked like. In this, you can make out who the players are by looking at them. However, if they've got things like tattoos or, uh, I'll be gentle when I say this, have not white skin, they don't look like the players. Yeah. There are some issues there. Uh, the Yes. Yeah, when a player isn't, like, the whitest of white, they haven't quite got it. Yeah, they've gone a little bit far. It's very very jarring when you see players. And like you mentioned, the tattoos, the way I mentioned this a few days ago, it looks like back when you would put a vinyl print on a car in, like, Need for Speed Underground 1, and it didn't quite sit on the car properly. It just looked like a weird sticker that was put there. And it doesn't. It floats a little bit. They're the tattoos. Now, AFL players have a lot of tattoos. Um, one of the most recognisable footballers, uh, Dusty Martin, Dustin Martin, carbon tattoos. And he's one of the, uh, not the poster boy for the game. I mean, the poster boy for the game is uh, is your mate, Black Dog. Is, uh, Paddy Cripps. Paddy Cripps. The beautiful he's Paddy Cripps. behind me right now. You, oh, you can't really see him, but trust me, he's behind me right now. He's behind you, he's looking over you, he's always in your heart. He <laughs> I've heard you talk about Patty Cripps and you're a fan. <laughs> um, so you see these tattoo players a lot and they just look like... They look they, like burn victims. <laughs> pretty much. It looks like some sort of like satanic ritual's been done and they've had like these um, things drawn them and burned to their skin. So... Graphically, the game's rough. Oh, the cra- and the crowd looks like um, 
it does take paper cutouts, but paper cutouts take some, you know, you have to care. It takes some care to cut them out. Um, this looks like a drunk's piss on a wall. They have their shit out. It's it's frightening. There's about four different models repeated. And the, one of my biggest issues is that I haven't found a way to have the stadiums not 100% full with 100,000 crowds split exactly <laughs> 50-50 between the two teams that are playing, which is not the case uh, in most AFL games. You're going to, like a game between what, Gold Coast and Brisbane. Have you not seen a Gold Coast Collingwood game? 50-50. <laughs> There's 110,000 people there. They're yeah, lying about well, side. Like... If it was all the same person, that's one thing. But the fact that it's all the same person and it's not mm, reactive, I'd, I'd, I'd just like to see a bit of variance depending on who was playing and where they were playing. Something they have improved in regards to crowd is, I think, the audio. The crowd cheering is better than it was. And I like that if you score a few goals in a row, the crowd starts cheering, you know, your team name, which is it's cool. Pump up. Yeah, they got in the cheer squads to record a lot of those lines. That's nice. The crowd cheers when your team runs out at the start of the game in the cinematic. There's different banners uh, which oh, the players the run players through. The players running through the banners. They don't even come close to touch you and that thing's flying. The hitbox yes. on that is like a kilometer. They, yeah. they go near it and it's just flapping about. Oh, it's fucking wild, this game. Yeah, so around the edges they haven't taken... A whole lot of care. They've done some nice stuff in the middle of the ground to fix it up. If, uh, for instance, if it's raining, the crowd, the ground gets muddier as the game goes mm. on. It goes from pure green to slightly brown as the game <laughs> goes on. That's a nice little touch, but it's, yeah, I don't think that's enough to warrant the hundred dollars I've spent on the game. I, you didn't just spend a hundred dollars on this. You braved a fucking pandemic to buy this game. I did. I called up. Well, I went to my local EB Games because they were the only place that had it in stock, and they looked at me like they like were like, "Why are you in here? Get out!" <laughs> and then they made me talk to them from at least one point five meters away, and they're like, "There's no way you can get this." So I called around, called around. I finally found one copy. Drove an hour and a half to get it. You know, you do some things for the community, for the football community. You make some decisions, and that was one. That, that is a man made. who loves this community. It, yes. Do I regret it? Maybe. <laughs> um, back to audio. They have fixed up one massive thing. We did mention the commentary a little bit earlier. Um, they got Andy Ma and Gary Lyon to do commentary on this one. And it sounds better. I mean, Andy Ma is one of my favorite commentators. I don't like Gary Lyon either. I think this is quite good. I think it's Anthony Hudson. Oh, sorry. Anthony Hudson. Yes. Oh, yeah, Another Andy A. Other A. Yeah. It's a, it's a small league. There's only like... 12 commentators, I can know. I fucked them up. I mean, I could have let you keep talking and not draw attention to it, but... Uh, you fucked me up. This yeah, is my goddamn show. He actually introduces <laughs> the game and says, Hi, I'm Anthony Hudson. So, like, every time you load it up, that's the other reason I know. That's how you know it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we've gone through the, gra- um, the graphics. Yeah. We've gone through the audio. Yeah. What about the gameplay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We can, I guess we get to talk about the gameplay. It's improved. It is improved. Well, it's improved. There's a lot of bugs, uh, but it is generally improved. It's So for those who don't know what a, about AFL, Google Australian Rules Football, have a look at how it plays, watch a video, because it's different to sports. It's on a huge ground, bigger than NFL, heaps bigger than NFL. Mm. There's... 36 players on the field at once, all running around. 
and generally you're not going to have all 36 on the screen at the same time. It has happened, but generally that's not the case. In this, uh, and it's a very free-flowing game in real life, in this game you can't pick up the ball without immediately being tackled to the ground. And that is fundamentally why it doesn't feel like AFL footy. Now, I'm sure people who are better than me can get string the play together, but one of the major issues is just probably the smarts or the settings for the AI in that it doesn't allow for that free range of play. But the fundamentals of kicking, handballing, marking, kicking for goal seem to be there. The set shot kicking seems a lot better than it was. Much um, better. And you brought up kind of stringing the play together. I think something they've tried to introduce, and it may take a few updates to tweak properly, um, you can just tap an input to either handball or kick the ball on. Yep. However, those inputs, they stack. So say there's a, you're going for a mark and you're tapping buttons. All those inputs are stacked. If you mark it, you may handball it three times real quickly. You didn't want to do that. That needs to be fixed because I've, I've uh, watched that in action a few times and it's uh, a bit of an issue. Now, you've also got players clipping, um, which it happens. You've got players pulling in the ball like goddamn Spider-Man. Like they're <laughs> a meter away from the ball and suddenly it's in their hand. They're just force powered into their hand, which is pretty cool. Um, my favorite thing is when uh, players decide to whisper into each other's ears while they're kicking for goal. <laughs> yes. So you have a player going for a set shot on goal and just, you know, another player will come up to them and just be running into their ass. It happens. I mean, to be fair, it happens in the game sometimes, but... <laughs> not every time. Bit, it's a bit jarring. Yeah, the, the AI is not fantastic, which is which no. is hard for a game. Like, like I said, AFL is a complex sport. It's a very three-dimensional sport compared to a lot of others. Um... So the uh, the button combinations and stuff like that are quite complex. You actually, uh, like games of old, this is actually something I really like, you get a, a manual when you get this game. It's 40 pages long. The reason it's 40 pages long is you have a button layout for when you have the ball, when you don't have the ball, and you're defending. When you don't have the ball and it's a loose ball, another one for marking, another one for set shots. I believe there's a pro one, and then there is a basic one. That's too many things. That's and that's why I'm awful at the game. And that's fair. I mean, this is like learning, learning coding. This is... That's messy. It's too much. Um, yeah, so they've taken a very complex game that doesn't translate into a video game. I don't think it ever will. They've given it to a, a small and honest Melbourne developer. And they've expected the world from it. Um, which is why we're getting a lot of issues. But... You would say this is one of the better AFL games we've ever had? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a rough bunch. I mean, it's up there. The other, My other favourites have been like AFL... What was it? Was it AFL, AFL Live? Live 2003 or whatever yep. it was called back then. Uh, that was a, a solid one for the time. I don't feel like we've come super fast in sin, although... It's obviously been you know, 15 years plus since I played that, <laughs> so hard to know. The previous games on Xbox 360, this is a vast improvement on. They had, uh, they were functionally, well, basically couldn't function. Uh, this is a very good AFL game, except a lot of my issues stem from the stuff around the core gameplay, like yeah. 
aside from the core gameplay. So the core gameplay, I think, is there. Functionally, you pick it up, you feel like you're playing an AFL game. But that's not what I like about my sports games, uh, which we've discussed. So I don't know if this is going to be of interest to anyone out there except for me. (laughs) But I like fantasy management, hence running a fantasy footy website. I like drafting players, I like making team lists, and I like trading players. In this game, as it presently stands, the team management, so organizing your subs and who you want from your reserves into your best 22, which for those who don't know AFL, you have 22 players on a day, four on the bench, 18 on the field, and you've got a squad of about 40 40 to 48 players, depending on what the rules are at the time. Um, You can't see all those players at once. So in an NBA game, when you hit pause and you go substitutions, you'll go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You'll sub them out for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. In this, when you're getting your team ready, you can only see uh, six of your players at a time. So you have to scroll through three different pages just to see your starting A team, which is a real issue. It makes It's clunky. It's hard to know who's on your field and who's not on your field. It's hard to go uh, work out your best lineups. And that applies in all game modes from what I've seen so far. Uh, In the previous game, AFL Live 1, it was all 22 were on one screen and you could see both your team and the team you were playing against. In this, you can basically only see... Well, you can see the starting... The equivalent six to whatever you're seeing at once. I don't know if this is coming across very well. It's very hard to see who is on your team and who is uh, not in your team at the time. Um, and then there's the draft, which is the biggest issue I've had with this game. In previous games, like Sorry, any... People at home can't see the pained look on your face talking about this draft. Yeah. Like, you have you're be, having to take a drink. It should be a very simple thing. In other games, previously, you go to the fantasy draft, you go, I've got pick one, I'm going to select this player because he's the best ranked player. Um, in most sport games, you can just do a fantasy draft, start from scratch, all players are available. In this, it seems to be able to only generate the ratings, the player ratings, for 60 players at once out of a pool of about 600. But it doesn't appear to be the top 60. It appears to just be a random 60. So I went into draft with the first pick of available players. All of the players who are ranked 90 to 100 or 90 to 98, whoever the highest ranked player is, weren't appearing on that screen. Unless I backed out, came back in, and just it lucked out that it was that bunch of 60 players that had loaded. So you can't actually see when you're drafting the ratings of the players, who the top-rated players are, or any information about those players at all. So it made it very difficult, and I was relying on just knowing who the players are to draft my team, which is unforgivable uh, in a team in a game that promotes a season mode and a, a team management mode. To not be able to see the players and not be able to draft properly is just unforgivable in my and eyes. That's the wall a lot of play, uh, players are going to hit because they're going to try and recreate the 2020 season. Well, th- yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's that's what I was doing. And it's just, it makes the game, from a management perspective, unplayable. I understand I'm in the minority that I care more about the management than the actual gameplay, but... Like, that's a, a basic key thing. thing. Like, it's not, that's not the most complex thing to put into a game. Um, you did bring up rankings as well, and the rankings are shot. I mean, I believe they're going to be updated. Yes. Apparently, apparently there has old. been a ratings or a player ranking 
update released, but I can't seem to get it to apply. Um, yeah, the rankings were all over the place. You had a Port Adelaide rookie that was rating higher than St. Kilda's Ruckman. I think it was based on the 2017 stats. Yeah, I think... Because they were making the game in 2018. Sorry, yeah, the 2018, 2018 stats. Yeah. yeah, because they wanted it to make it in 2019, and then they sort of got hyped up with the Unreal Engine. They thought, hey, fuck it, let's not discuss players' improvement. Yeah, that yeah. is another issue. Obviously, not the big, the biggest issue, because to be honest, player rankings kind of are meaningless from what you, I've seen in this game. You can tweak them, right? You can edit them yeah. yourself. It's a lot of work. I've seen some podcasts do it. Draft Doctors went in and were manually updating all the lists to Ooh. match this year and the ratings. It's a lot of work. But to, to, to be basing the rankings on the 2018 season two years later in the 2020 season or one full year later is is crazy. The, <clears throat> if that's the only thing you needed to change was the player ratings, surely you could have got someone in from Champion Data or just a stats person from Twitter to come in and go, hey, guys, I think Rowan Marshall, one of the best Ruckman in the league, is better than the worst player in the competition. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've had a look at some of the, uh, the outs. Atlantic ones. The one that really got me was Tex Walker at 89. Yeah. He was pretty good two years ago. He, he was pretty good two years ago. I had him in my Supercoach team two years ago. I'm pretty sure I had him in my Supercoach team two years ago because of something you said as well. Yeah, you should not have listened to me on that one. That is yeah, no, a that was, mistake that haunts me. I was fucked up. <laughs> this is why I got you on here. Just to blame <laughs> me for that. Tex Walker ruined my 2018 yeah, Supercoach uh, League. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think we can we can kind of like wrap it up on the actual discussion of the game itself there mm. by saying it's it's it is what it is. It's it's fine. I think if circumstances were different and we weren't all trapped inside and the microscope wasn't on this game so harshly, maybe we could look upon this a little bit differently because we would have the distra- um, the distraction of you know AFL happening. But everyone's eyes are on this, and there are small things. They've done a lot of things right. They've made a lot of improvements. But there are simple things, like the whole drafting system, which are easy fix, and they just haven't done it. It's lacking a little bit of polish when there are already hyped-up expectations. So it is what it is with this game. But like like we mentioned a few times, you help run um, the Jock Reynolds fantasy community. You need uh, AFL to to do that because being a fantasy league, you need games to be played. So you you've thought up something very clever here, and uh, I'm a, I'm very very impressed by it. What what are you guys doing? So I think it was Clarky tweeted it when uh, we started to get the sense that we weren't going to get much football this year. And he said something along the lines of, "Hey, we we'll easy solution. We'll just play AFL Evolution and." grab the stats from that, and play our own game of Supercoach. And so we've done that. <laughs> so basically the premise is uh, we've put all the players into a big Excel sheet with all their player ratings counting as their price. It's like any other fantasy game or any other salary-based fantasy game. You pick X amount of players within X amount of salary cap. Their stats translate to points. Different stats equal different amount of points. You watch the game. What they do in the game uh, is how you get your score. Best score equals best coach. That's the premise of fantasy footy, right? So we just applied that to this. So 
we simulate games. We watch the AI play awfully against itself. <laughs> <laughs> many tackles, low scoring, <laughs> many clangers, not many highlights. We simulate that on Twitch. People jump in before the game. They We put up the, the selected 22 players for each team with prices next to them. People fit it within the salary cap. They pick their 11 players and... Whoever gets the most stats from the games gets the most points. And if you've got the most players with the most points, you're probably going to win, aka you're going to be K-Dog's Killers. Shout out, winning just about every round we've run. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing all right. I think you're also underselling your input on this because there is some amazing commentary. There is boundary writing. You've added this level of polish to the game. It makes it... I I felt like I was genuinely watching the footy when I I was... um, So you guys stream it on, on Twitch. When I was watching a few days ago, it felt like watching a game of footy, but a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, look, we we uh, a mountain of work has gone into it. Um, Clarky dominating on the boundary riding. He's one of the funniest humans we've ever met. Record his rage of not being able to play Final Fantasy while this game is playing. <laughs> so funny. Patch is a gun in the commentary seat. He's just very observant of the game and it's hard to be observant when it's hard to tell what's actually happening and Foz Foz Daddy has put in like a huge amount of work into coming up with the scoring system the salary cap how it would function as a league how we might um, change things moving forward and then Staddy Maddy who's the silent hero in all of this has built a f- effectively a functioning fantasy game within an online excel sheet I don't know how he's done it but it's he's done easy it to use. I was shocked how easy that thing was to use. You just literally just grab your players, pop them on the table, you're done for the day. It's oh. it's taken, like, everyone has put hours and hours and hours and hours into this, and every stream we put in hours and hours of preparation. But the idea is exactly that, that it's kind of like a combination of a real AFL game and, like, a gaming stream. So we talk shit... We've got we bring up our teams and we analyze each other's teams before the games. We bring up the twenty two as lockout approaches. We lock out the document so people can't change their teams anymore, and then we commentate the games. And my favorite part of it, which I will claim a hundred percent of the credit for, is the wheel of chaos. I want which... to get to the wheel of chaos. The wheel of chaos kills me every time I see this fucking wheel. <laughs> so at the end of uh, so at the end of each game, we spin a wheel with a number on it. That determines how many more spins we're going to do. Um, the second wheel is the, has every player's name. We spin it, lands on a player's name. We go to the third wheel. The third wheel has injuries and suspensions. And, the f- and so, you know, uh, Bob Smith might miss a week with a knee injury. But of the hundred options in the injury list, one is doping suspended for life. That was the <laughs> first... That was the first one we rolled. Harry Mackay will never play a game of Drock Reynolds Evolution League football again because he is suspended for life. Second round, wasn't it? It was the second round of games. It would have been, what, the fourth or fifth game? I think it was the... I I reckon it was the first round, not counting preseason, because we just moved to... It was the first game on AFL Evo 2. And and I randomly... I was drunk just before the stream had started. I was like, oh, we'll, we should do Wheel of Chaos. And we did it, and he got suspended for life, which is going to carry on for life. It is one of the most bizarre things. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that level of um, unpredictability at the end, end of the game. I mean, you guys have taken what is essentially a eh game. I'm, I'm saying eh, so I don't have to say shit. You've taken a shit game, 
and you've made it really watchable. This is the first... I, I play a lot of games. I'm not a big Twitch person. I don't like to really watch people play games. I like to play them myself. This is the first thing that I've watched on Twitch. Oh, wow. This is the, well, one of the first things joining. I subscribe to on Twitch. And I fucking love it. You made AFL Evolution 2 so watchable that somebody who doesn't watch Twitch watched Twitch. Yeah, no. You've done very well. well we're glad We're glad <laughs> to have done it. We Look, a lot of work has got into it. We, I've got lots of gripes with this game, but it is providing a lot of fun. And we got a lot of people who follow the community um, and scrub, subscribe to the podcast, all that sort of stuff, who are really enjoying it. We're getting a lot of messages from people saying like, hey, you know, you're bringing some fun to my days. I'm sick or I can't go out or whatever. And we're just happy to be doing that. And like, we don't really, it's fun for us. We don't get anything out of it. We put a lot of time into it, mm. but we're just happy that, People are having fun and it's filling that void of uh, fantasy footy. We've had about, I can't remember what the total leaderboard is. We've had a couple of hundred people play. We've got about 60 to 80 regulars that play every round. Um, We had the Herald Sun did an article on it very briefly before that was pulled down for whatever reason it was pulled down for. Someone someone, uh, from higher up said, pull that down. But briefly, it was up there, so... Look, we're having a lot of fun and, and we're glad that we can at least provide some sort of entertainment while there's not I a think, lot to um, do. Being, you know, everyone's in lockdown, well, you should be at home. If you're not at home, if you listen to this and you're not at home, you better be getting fucking groceries or something like that. If not, turn around and go home. But it's giving that feel of being at the pub, watching the footy with your mates or and a bunch of strangers as well who just become your mates. Um, so if you're at home and you're, you know, you're into, a little bit into gaming, a little bit into sport, give this a go. It is really fun. You'll see me in the chat as well. You can call me a dickhead if you want to. Um, don't. I'm fragile. Um, how often do you guys run this? So we've been running uh, two rounds a week. So we do it on a Friday and normally a Sunday. Although I don't know if we reveal the time of recording, but it is Easter weekend. So we're going to do a Monday session. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Friday nights and Sunday nights, generally speaking, is when we're going to stream. We do two to three games a night you pick from whatever games are on the day and we're going to have a grand final we've actually had our i can't believe we've gone so long without me mentioning um my friends run a company a t-shirt company a design company called punt life they've actually designed some merchandise and the logo for the league which we now use for the jock reynolds logo so shout out to them because they're kind of keeping this thing going and sponsoring it so if you're listening and you want a jock reynolds evolution league t-shirt uh, you can either look on jackreynolds.com.au or go to Punt Life store, Google Punt Life store, you'll find it. And uh, But yeah, so shout out to them for for helping us out and there's some cool t-shirts. We're going to do a grand final in a few weeks, the first grand final, the season one grand final in a few weeks. To enter that, we don't have a date yet, but to enter that, all you'll have to do is have played one game beforehand. If you've played one game beforehand, you'll go into the draw and whoever wins on the day will uh, get themselves a cool t-shirt and a prize. It'll be a bit of fun. Winner, winner. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, we've already talked about the Jock Reynolds website. Give them the Google, jump on board. Even if you don't know much about footy, you can get into fantasy without really watching football. I have gotten a few people into fantasy football and they don't watch, it, they don't watch any and they're pretty good at it, um, which annoys me. Um, if you want to speak to Lekdog, where can they find you on Twitter? At Lekdog, L-E-K-D-O-G-S-C. 
and or you can follow at jock underscore Reynolds on Twitter. Uh, you'll find us. Easy. And uh, what's the uh, Twitch channel to uh, watch some of these games? The Twitch channel is still named Lekdog Games, L-E-K-D-O-G-G-A-M-E-S. And if you search Lekdog Games, you might find a clip of Shane Warne abusing me. That's a little... A little Easter egg for you. I, I am going to do that immediately after we finish recording. Holy shit, good work. I'll send it to you. <laughs> done and done. All right, so if you want to listen to more um, Story Mode, a video game podcast, we are on Spotify and iTunes, so subscribe and uh, leave us a review. You can also check out all fan critical podcasts on all good podcast services. They're still reviewing uh, season three of Westworld. Um, plus, they have that big, big old back catalogue of uh, movie reviews and TV show reviews and such. Uh, you can shoot us an email at storymodevideogamepodcast at gmail.com. Chuck us a like and a follow on Facebook and Twitter at storymodepod. And uh, jump on the Patreon. Uh, check out Fan Critical on Patreon. Chuck a couple of buckarinos our way. And you get access to a few extra shows and access to the Discord server run by Simon Evans. You can talk shit with him. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Lek, it's been fantastic to have you with us. Hope you had fun. Oh, it's been amazing, mate. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Um, and uh, everyone else, thanks for uh, listening. We'll uh, see you soon. Bye. Mwah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. What do I kiss at the end of the episode? Every episode I do that now. Big knife, small wife. That's what Dr. Phil says.